This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the same at Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High? Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, episode by episode. I'm Anna Gary. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we're finding out what happens when, uh, I guess, Lila and Jessica get found with false possessions. Mm, yeah, it eventually made a kind of sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, is this meant to be a pun, false possessions? I don't, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on there. All I can think of is first impressions. That it could be like mm. a play on that. But even then, that's kind of be. tenuous at best. <laughs> <laughs> Any Pi Alpha sisters can figure out what the tortured pun is here. Please do <laughs> let us know because it's got over our heads. It really has. Like, we had emotional rescue, promotional rescue. We had dark mm-hmm. side of the moon beach, obviously the best. We had the Incredible. IQ cometh. Yes. But uh, false possessions is, uh, is has lost us. Yeah. yeah, that one's definitely gone over the heads. I have one. to say next week's one has a good title because I uh, it started automatically playing after I watched this week's episode. So <laughs> I know it involves a winter carnival, listeners, but the episode is called A Fair to Remember. <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be borrowing the plot of Winter Carnival, but... Oh, well, um... Thank God, because there was no fucking Winter Carnival. <laughs> so if you saw Winter Carnival, then it's obviously got nothing to do with Winter Carnival. <laughs> I mean, it looks like quite a summery carnival, it has to be said, even though it oh. said Winter Carnival on a sign, but uh, oh, I guess okay. that's California for you. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we begin this episode at the Casa del Wakefield, where Liz is trying to learn all about football in a plot that basically goes nowhere. Oh, no, like, yeah, I really thought this was going somewhere. I was mistaken. Um, yeah. yeah, she's reading some kind of like beginner's book to football or something and is just bamboozled by the whole thing. Just saying it doesn't make any sense. Uh, oh, I'll be, I'd be with you, Liz. Uh, but <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she's, she's on, she's on, um, on sports reporter duty because uh, Kyle, I guess they decided that John, uh, um, Pfeiffer was too toxic at this stage yeah. in proceedings to make him canon in the show. Fair, yeah. So, yeah. So, My nose just so say, we'll Kyle, qu- Kyle, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Mine says, Kyle, quish, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> when did he ever begin? Uh, but but yes, uh, she needs to know that they've, give, they've basically given the job to her. Was there nobody better qualified to report on this match than her apparently not um and she asks jessica for help because she, she assumes i think quite logically that jessica should know the rules of football seeing as she cheers at all the games 
I mean, it's a very reasonable thing to assume. Uh, Yes, I was with you on this. But uh, yeah, Jessica's absolutely clueless and reveals that the cheerleaders just jump up and down when the footballers jump up and down. So that's them taking their cue. I mean, I know literally nothing about American football. I'm pretty sure they don't do a lot of jumping up and down. um... Well, once they've scored a touchdown, there is a bit of jumping up and down. But it's like... It's oh. pretty clear when they've scored a touchdown. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> well, Jessica is still in the kind of dim-witted mode. She mm. has been in this season, which we're not hugely pleased with. Um, and she explains the rules with a complicated shopping analogy. Um, says that football is like when somebody else in the store is looking for the you know, the thing you want and you've got to get one of your friends to distract them while you go to the cashier. Which is why she makes no sense at all. I don't know. I thought this was actually okay as analogies go, to be honest. She's like, you get someone to run interference and if you make it to the cashier with your dress, it's a touchdown. I was like, you know what? Reasonable enough, Jessica. I was going to let her have that, to be honest. (laughs) Fair enough. I'm being too harsh. Uh, Well, Jessica says the reason um, she's got boutiques on the brain is because she can't think of anything but shopping since her parents... Um, Question mark again. <laughs> I know to say who they cut her clothing allowance, uh, but one person who hasn't had a cut clothing allowance is uh, Lila, who's knocking at the door. Hooray! Always oh, so excited to see her. Uh, yes, she reveals apparently uh, her house is being fumigated, uh, so she's coming to stay at the Casadel Wakefield for a couple of nights. She is. She says uh, that she can't bear the thought of those repulsive little creatures crawling around Fowler Manor. I mean, I I would prefer if it was Fowler Crest. But uh, anyway, (laughs) Jessica says that she also hates bugs. But of course, Lila, because she is a class enemy, means the workers. Oh, Lila. Like, I could see it coming. Um, And I still enjoyed the joke, but I was still just like, ah, Lila, you classist bitch. (laughs) First up against the wall when the revolution comes, Lila, I'm sorry. We'll have have tears in our eyes when we do it. It'll be that meme of a little kid crying holding a gun. That'll be us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Apparently, George uh, Fowler is away on business in Hawaii, as usual, while the fumigators mm. are in. And uh, Lila then whistles for her staff, who, who uh, wheel in all her uh, accoutrements. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, a guy literally comes in with one of those like bellhop trolleys, just like laden yes. down with matching <laughs> luggage. It's amazing. She's like the Dowager Countess or something. It's so good. <laughs> she does not travel light. Well, we did learn in, the, in Spring Fever that Jessica has a full set of luggage. That is true. They love their matching luggage. (laughs) They do. Um, So we cut to the moon beach where Edith, who's wearing her now trademark Baker Boy hat, a uh, very early mid-90s patterned top and a terrible sort of, I don't know, leather trim waistcoat thing. Mm. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's awful. Uh, (laughs) And really let her down because she's otherwise looking adorable. Um, I I think she's got uh, a hat in pretty much every scene in this episode. And I love it. I love Enid in a Baker Boy hat. I just think they look so good on her and she's so cute in this episode. She is. She's adorable. And uh, she's she's not particularly cheerful because she's lamenting the fact that some guy who made her feel all tingly hasn't been in touch in six months. But Liz is not surprised. <laughs> well, yes, then Liz comes in with the punchline that uh, apparently this dream guy is actually Enid's dentist. 
Ho, ho, ho. Well, uh, yeah, that's the closest Eden's been to romance uh, for quite some time. Um, and Liz says it's better to be single and independent. But Eden says she's had, had enough independence uh, for the time being and she wants some clingy, codependent uh, romance. <laughs> she delivers all her lines so charmingly. Oh, she's so charming. Like, she's just brilliant. I just, yeah, because like it is. <laughs> It is clearly a ridiculous thing to say, but she just, it's that's all in the delivery. Like, she just does it so well. Yeah. Well, Liz says that her dream guy might be in that room. Mm. Uh, then she has to head off, I guess, to under sports reporting duties. <laughs> but uh, as she leaves, the sad guitar <laughs> plays and she locks eyes briefly. With Todd. <gasps> yes, Todd is sitting alone at a booth with like this really weird oh. stare going on. <laughs> like he's really <laughs> creepily eyeballing Liz as she walks out. Uh, she does a proper like wistful look over at him. But oh, he's just got this really strange kind of wide-eyed stare going on. <laughs> that was a bit <laughs> odd, I thought. <laughs> Well, uh, as she, uh, as Liz leaves, um, Todd's uh, old teammates, basically mm. a bunch of jocks and letterman jackets are also heading out and Todd watches them mournfully and Eden notices his sad face. He does genuinely look sad rather than mm. surly. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she, she joins him and yeah, instead of his usual angry self, he's in melancholy mood. Yeah, and again, it's just nice to see Todd being something other than kind of snarky or like surly. So yeah, he just, well, he does feel a bit sorry for himself and kind of says something like he, you know, that he left uh, for Vermont for six months and those guys forgot all about me. But it's like, you also he also didn't rejoin the team when he came back. So this isn't all on uh, on the basketball team, I don't think. But um, no. Yeah, so he's he is kind of, yeah, feeling sorry for himself. But Enid uh, tries to console him because she can see he's feeling a bit lonely. Yes, and she says she can relate. Uh, we're told that until a few years ago, she was devoted to ballet. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Uh, um, uh, and where did this all fit in with the uh, the wild drinking drugs and plaid shirts and mowing down kids? Cause, oh, well, you've just made me think maybe this is what triggered her descent into being hopped up on Benny's. Oh, because my we're God. Told we're told that one day her ballet teacher just took her aside and said she was too shit to be in the class, which is a bit harsh. <laughs> so like not even, not even saying, do you know what? I just don't think you've got what it takes to be a professional. No, just like out of the class. You're not even yeah. worth my time. She's not even allowed to come to the class anymore. She didn't even want to make money off her. She was that bad, apparently. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, apparently the teacher said she should take up origami instead. And Todd rather sweetly. This is the thing. Todd is genuinely very pleasant in this he episode. Is. Which is it surprise. caught me by surprise too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, oh, you're just making that up to comfort me. But she's like, no, I saw all the paper cuts on my tongue. Which makes me wonder what sort of origami she was doing. Because <laughs> yeah, <it's> I, <laughs> I was like, surely she meant thumb. So I went back and rewound and it was like, nope, she definitely said tongue. Okay, no more questions. <laughs> Well, Todd asks how she got through it all. And she basically says she just had to believe in herself and, mm. you know, believe that like she could survive this heavy blow. Todd is comforted and tells her, you know, you're really cool, Enid. And he leaves. And Enid looks smitten. Oh, no, she's so happy. Yeah, he kind of puts his hand on her, oh. her shoulder as he's leaving. And you can see she's just like, oh, my God. You can see the crush yeah. forming like in her lovely little face. 
Oh, Enid. <laughs> well, we cut to the Castletel Wakefield where Lila is letting her clothes breathe in Jessica's <laughs> closet because apparently they need to have some air. Yeah, Jessica's like, they're clothes, they're not your children. (laughs) Well, Jessica has folded out a camp bed and is like, oh, I hope this is comfortable. And Lila, of course, is like, oh, you're so great giving me your bed and letting, you know, sleeping on that and like wartime camp bed. Actually, no, it does look quite... (laughs) Like a fancy camp bed. I used to sleep on like my friend's floors when I stayed over. So I have oh, to yeah. say, yeah. the camp bed is luxury. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pretty much if you were staying at a friend's house, you were sleeping on the gl- on the ground. Like, yeah. Yeah. And happy to have it. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you just sleeping bag. You were happy out. <laughs> well, uh, a stunned Jessica says in that case, she'll make herself at home in Lila's wardrobe. Uh, but Lila also gets a bit wistful. Um, she says that Jessica's the lucky one because she has a cosy house. She has parents who care about her. <laughs> yeah, my notes just say debatable in brackets there. <laughs> uh, well, she's got a sister right in the next room which she needs to talk. I mean, so that's true, I suppose. Uh, but Jessica says she'll swap her sister for Lila's trust fund. But Lila's still not in the mood for joking no um yeah that's the thing and she does kind of like quite sadly say you know there's more important things than money and jessica continues to not pick up on the the mood at all and it's just like yeah the things you can get with money but like lila's very clearly quite sad about something and jessica is just really not reading the room in the slightest yeah it's true she's uh she she says that um when she says that things aren't always as they seem uh, Jessica's like, yeah, this blouse looks like it's yours, but now it's mine. Ha, 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 ha. So it's uh, sensitive as ever. Mm. So the next day at school, Enid asks Liz if she wants to talk about Todd, but Liz is very adamant that she's over him. Yeah, she insists there's nothing to, to talk about anymore at all. She's like, look, he's been a jerk. I'm over him. Uh, so Enid is clearly trying to suss out Liz's feelings on the matter. Mm. So she's kind of like, you know, what if he started dating someone else? Uh, and Liz is like, look, he's free to do whatever he wants. And so am I. She's like, it's not an issue, whatever. I'm done. Um, so, yeah, she's Enid's, Enid's doing a bit of fishing here, for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she looks, uh, when Liz goes, Enid looks uh, sort of, I guess, optimistic. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So we cut to the moon beach where the bargain bin 10,000 maniacs and this 5,000 lunatics play yeah. as, as Enid asks Manny for advice on a friend of hers who has a love dilemma. No. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she's clearly been filling Manny in uh, on some of the details, but not the people yes. involved. Uh, no. Because, yeah, she's like, what should this uh, friend of mine do? Um so, yeah, and she does kind of point out that she just doesn't, this friend doesn't know if this guy that she's into feels the same way. And then Manny, who is quite clearly misreading the situation, kind of looks all excited and says, oh, she should tell the guy how she feels. I bet he feels the same way. Uh, and Aww. yeah, again, it's it's a very clear misunderstanding going on here on Manny's yes. part. And it's like, oh, no, and his lovely little face is all excited now as well. He looks so happy. Why don't say happy little Manny? His- oh, he's so cute. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he uh, he says that he's sure that her friend's uh, friend, who she's... Mm. I mean, it gets quite complicated with all the friends yeah. <laughs> but her friend's friend must feel the same way as you say and, and has been feeling this way 
for a long, long time. And he, it's like, what about, it feels that way about me. I mean, my friend. My friend. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, the, the, the this guy is just shy. And Edith is delighted. And uh, so is Manny, but uh, little does he know. Oh, poor Manny. Mm. So we cut to the Castletail Wakefield where Lila is just pouring goodies out on, the, out, of, out on the sofa as far as I can see to thank the twins for letting her stay not their parents of course just oh no like who <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's just this massive pile of like clothes and jewellery um, mm. yeah and she just says it's a thank you for letting her stay and Liz is kind of like you don't need to buy us presents it's fine uh, whereas Jessica is like yeah she does I'm having to sleep on that manky little cot bed thing she can buy me whatever she wants yeah, Jessica says her neck is killing her after uh, her rough night's sleep. But Lana says, how's this for a neck brace? And hands her some jewels. <laughs> Jessica says it's just what the doctor ordered. Hooray. So Lila urges Liz to pick something out of this pile of booty. Um, and uh, Liz is clearly just a bit suspicious. Like this is not really typical Lila behaviour I guess and when Lila asks to stay can she uh, stay for a few more days while the house is being painted Liz is like uh, I thought it was being fumigated and Lila says it is after the paint it gets painted and Liz is like uh, yeah sure but Lila's behaviour is uh, is slightly suspicious it is yeah she can like Liz can definitely tell there's something going on here but like she's still happy to have Lila staying but she's she smells her out for sure she does we cut to the school where Todd closes his locker to find Edith <laughs> staring at him in a frankly unnerving manner. Oh, Edith. Yeah, she is very enthusiastic now. So she's um, she kind of has this sort of awkward conversation with them at first where she's like, oh, uh, cool shirt. Where'd you get it from? And Todd's like, it's my gym shirt it's the uniform because it is just a, a red t-shirt yeah. with like SVH in white on it you know what it is a oh. cool t-shirt though so there's that too yes as well. it's like, oh, I, said, t-shirt. I did uh, my notes do say she asks him where he got his sweater which I would kill to own <laughs> It's very fair. (laughs) But yeah, she then goes on to say that uh, she's like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about you. Uh, I mean, that conversation that we had. Um, And she is a a little bit awkward at first, but then Todd is like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about it too. And you really helped me out. Uh, And he reveals that he's going to try out for the basketball team again. Yes. And says it's all thanks to Enid. And when she suggests they go out uh, to celebrate this, uh, she knows a cool place at the mall uh, that they could have dinner. Uh, He's like, yeah, sure. And happily heads off. And um, yeah, he's kind of cheery and um, unobjectionable in this episode. Yeah. Like, again, my notes are just like, he's smiley. It's nice. (laughs) (laughs) And it is that thing where it's like, you know, it's not Ryan Biddle, the actor's fault that Todd has been written as such a dick for the last while. Because, like, when he actually gets to be quite personable and pleasant and nice in a conversation, it's like, ah, look at him there. He's not so bad at all, really. That's exactly how I felt watching it. Yeah. <laughs> well, off he goes, uh, the poor Regis, and uh, little realising that he's, um, I mean, he really is not doing anything wrong whatsoever, but he no. is raising Edith's hopes. And yes. That's all on her, it has to be said. It's mm. like he is not leading her on. He's not no. encouraging her to think anything romantic is going on. But um, she can't help herself. She's so happy. Um, 
And she is wearing a kind of delightful checked slip dress with a big curdy, also mm. very of its time, that when she sees Manny, she just embraces him, uh, just out of pure joie de vivre. <laughs> and Man- Manny is delighted, but um, before she can reveal why she's so happy, she sees Liz and she runs away. She- because she just... <laughs> It's pretty funny, actually, yeah. But she literally just legs it in the opposite direction when she sees Liz coming. But that does mean then that Manny's kind of left there to just misread everything once again, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, he's looking a bit confused and sort of hopeful. Mm. Well, cut to the mall, uh, which I believe is... Uh, I know we've. I don't think we've really had such a shopping scene before. We've had mm. adventures in the mall, but they haven't been inside any of the boutiques. Mm, true. Um, but yes, it's playing basically. I don't know C and C music factory light. <laughs> this D and D tunes <laughs> workshop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jessica bemoans the fact that all the stuff she likes is too pricey and uh, behattered Lila who looks kind of like Joan Collins in Dynasty uh, oh, says that yes I couldn't put my finger yeah. on what it was because I was loving the hat and the black and white mm. outfit and I was like it's giving me Sabrina somehow but I was like oh. no there's something else here that I'm just not able to to pick out and yes you're right it's Joan Collins absolutely yes Joan's <laughs> iconic entrance in a courtroom in Dynasty uh, is she's wearing a black and white outfit and a large hat and uh, I think Lila is giving Joan a run for her money which is mm. saying something it's a great look <laughs> but, well she says that this is the price of good taste and she swans off but um, Jessica gets a, a shock a few moments later because she's browsing in one of the uh, one of the racks but then she sees Lila and uh, Lila's got the old five finger discount. Oh my God. Yes. There's a big dramatic zoom in on Jessica's face uh, because <laughs> she sees Lila like stuffing a scarf or a blouse or something just into her bag. Uh, yeah. So she is is shoplifting for sure. And Lila actually sees Jess looking at her and just kind of shrugs and walks off. Yeah. Well, the mournful guitar plays. This was clearly where the ad break kicked in. Yeah. Because... <laughs> We then cut to Jessica telling Lila she's out of her mind, but Lila's like, oh, relax, I'd spend a fortune here anyway. Um, but Jessica's still, you know, trying to get Lila to see that this is a bad idea. Mm. Yeah, she points out that Lila could, like, she, you know, she could afford anything in this shop, so what the hell is going on? Oh. But Lila's like, yeah, that's what makes it a total rush. So, uh, yes, unfortunately, Lila's got a, a taste for shoplifting. But um, yes. Jessica tries to tries to talk some sense into her, and she's like, what if you get caught? But Lila's like, I won't, I'm too good at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then Jess is like, well, what would your dad say? Um, and Lila's just like, well, he'd just send one of his lawyers to take care of it. And uh, she kind of starts goading Jessica then, and she's like, admit it, you'd oh. love to steal something too but you're just too scared that she's like that belt would look perfect on you and we cost were pleased jessica wearing the belt and parading in front of the mirror in the hershey bar <gasps> and saying you lila was right oh no yeah so uh they they went for it and probably a few other bits too because there seems to be like just other bits and pieces oh. kind of strewn <laughs> about the place on the bed and the rest but um <gasps> yeah liz then comes in and is like we're did all this stuff come from uh, and they kind of explain that oh they just went to do a bit of shopping but of course Liz again mm. is like yeah but Jessica you're broke like how how did this happen 
And Jessica says, well, Lila just opened her purse and Lila clearly thinks that Jessica is going to dob her in. She says, I pulled out my credit cards. <laughs> so uh, Jessica offers to lend her uh, ill-gotten gains to Liz. <laughs> but um, Liz heads off to watch ESPN again with this sports plot that doesn't go anywhere. Nowhere at all. Yeah, mm. it's very strange. <laughs> Well, the girls decide they've got to head back to the mall tomorrow and really make a killing because they're like, they are bad criminals. I know Lila says she does this all the time, but surely you shouldn't keep going back to the same the shop. Same. <laughs> Why are you it's returning to the this. scene of the crime repeatedly? Come on now. <laughs> well, we cut to the Moon Beach pool room where Liz is suggesting that she needed to go to a movie and Aina's like, oh, no, no, I can't. And... Uh, Liz is like, well, why don't we just hang out or, you know, do some other stuff? And Enid turns down all suggestions and then admits that she can't hang out because she has plans. And Liz I'm, asks, uh, with who? Yeah, I was actually really surprised that Enid just came out with it. But she does say, I've got yeah. a date with Todd. Um, a date? I, yeah. <laughs> and of course, Liz understandably is like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Um, but Enid, again, kind of tries to to defend herself and is like, look, you know, you said you didn't care if he went out with someone. And then Liz is quite reasonably like, yeah, well, you didn't say it was you. I, I, I mean, that is completely fair enough, Liz. Yeah, it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, Liz, um, Liz is understandably horrified. And Enid's like, well, I won't go if you don't want you, me to. But Liz's like, yeah, do whatever you want and stomps off. And I can't really blame her, to be honest. I know. She, yeah, like this is, yeah, a weird and awkward situation. And like, yeah, it's it's not right for Enid to, to do this. And it's really like... It's come out of nowhere as well. Yes. Like it's it's and it's been, I guess, in their terms, just a few weeks since Todd, uh, Todd and Liz fully broke up. And they, they broke true. up in slow motion as well. Yeah, very true. It was quite a, a protracted breakup, but yeah, it is still relatively fresh in the scheme of things for sure. Hmm. Well, we cut to some sort of fairground that's like a fun fair in the mall. I don't know. There's like a carousel. Yeah, there's um, a big fountain, but the fountain seems very mall-y, all right. So I guess it's just like, you know, the mall carousel, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, Todd, Todd says that uh, that the dinner was great, but he, uh, he'd have dressed uh, more nicely if he knew the place was so, and he says, romantic. But Todd's like, oh, expensive. And uh, Todd asks Enid, but he doesn't say it in an obnoxious way. It's more like, oh, we sort of felt a bit... Oh. Yeah, he just felt a bit underdressed, but it also kind of makes it pretty clear that Todd thinks of this as like, this is two friends hanging out, whereas Enid is like, this was a romantic date, oh my God. She's even wearing a sparkling white hat. (gasps) She dusted off a glittery hat and everything, oh Enid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Todd wants, clearly wants to have a heart to heart and he asks Enid why it's so hard to just tell someone how you feel and Enid, of course, the poor deluded sap, thinks uh, that he's talking about her and it's like well maybe you know it's because you don't know what they'll think but you just have to be honest and Todd says but if, you, if you've known someone for a long time surely they should just know how you feel about them and Edith's like well you should still say it and <laughs> Todd's like yeah maybe you're right and then oh god painful to behold <laughs> it's like we can't even say it for a minute <laughs> Go on. Oh, just yeah, tell us like, what happened. 
<laughs> my notes are kind of like recapping just exactly what you said there. And then it's like, continued misunderstanding until Enid kisses Todd. Oh, no. Oh, and he's like, oh, God, sorry. Uh, I was talking about Liz. Uh, uh, and he does, like, he's nice about it, as nice it, as you could be. But... No, yeah, he's he's sincere and apologetic. And he's like, oh, my God, you know, he obviously didn't realise this is what she was picking up at all. Uh, and he... Yeah, it's so awkward. Again, <laughs> like oh. my notes here, we're just like, ah. <laughs> it is painful. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, Edith's face show a little sad little face shows oh. her devastation. Oh, so rough. Well, we cut to a boutique called Windsor Fashion. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I really hoped we were going to get a montage here. Oh my God, me too. But look, we've been, we got like double montages in previous episodes. So I guess, I guess it's only fair that it balances out somehow. But like, oh God, just, yeah, the two, like Lila and Jess walk into this shop and there's the most incredible, like sneaky music playing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Jessica's wearing a fitted kind of 70s uh, collared top that I would totally have worn in 1995 Mm. and uh, yeah neither of them are like they're they're not low key just put it that way as my notes say they do some extremely unsubtle shoplifting (laughs) well that's it there's this like yeah like sneaky music playing as they literally just kind of walk around kind of scoping the place out and just like stuffing <laughs> things into their giant bags and it's just so obvious it's ridiculous and they look so suspicious like they're not doing it casually they're all like fully like left and right looking around the place and just like stuff 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 oh my god keep going stuff, stuff. <laughs> But yes, they're absolutely fleecing the place, just not very well. Well, unsurprisingly, the beret-wearing snooty store clerk notices (laughs) them and they decide to to make their getaway in, again, weirdly unflattering shoes. I don't know what the fuck was happening with the shoe budget of the show. It's not like 1995 was a bad time for shoes, particularly. It's just, I don't know what they've got on their feet. (laughs) I don't know either, because we get a proper, like, panning up as they're trying to, like, yeah, skedaddle out of the shop. And and they do, like, the outfits they're wearing are great and they look so cute. But these shoes are just like, what is up with the shoes, lads? I don't get it either. Oh, (laughs) baffling. Well, uh, their shoes don't take them too far because they're uh, soon stopped by a security guard who drags them off. And um, we we then cut to the storeroom of the shop where the clerk is pulling all the stuff out of Lila's bag. And she's like, oh, my hands were full. I was going to pay for all that. I just put it in my bag. And the shop people rightly aren't convinced. Yeah, he's obviously not buying a word of it. So she kind of hands over her credit card and she's like, look, I'll pay for it all. I'll pay double, Um, you know, just let us out of here. But um, the guy who I ended up calling the Elton John shop manager, because um, he's just wearing these like tinted shades and the beret. I was, that's the vibe I was getting. <laughs> Um, but yeah he's just like yeah whatever not interested I'm calling both of your parents so Jess kind of starts to freak out Um, she's like no please don't but Lila is like look I'll handle it we just need to keep we need to keep our story straight and Jessica's like yeah okay you're right and then turns back to the uh, to the shop guy and the security guard and she's just like she made me do it I've never done anything like this before oh (laughs) I was (laughs) 
I was shocked by this. Jessica she, turning on Lila. Oh my god, she turned so quickly. Like, <laughs> well, Lila's rightly appalled at this betrayal, um, but the store clerk doesn't care. Really, she th- he thinks they're both as bad as each other, so he demands their parents' numbers. And uh, when Lila hands over her dad's, he she says that uh, he'll be too busy with his new girlfriend to care. <gasps> So uh, Elton John manager and the security guard <laughs> leave because I guess there isn't a phone in the store in the stock room. And Jessica asks about the girl, the new girlfriend. She hasn't heard anything about George having a new lady love. Hmm. And Lila breaks down. Oh, yeah. Poor Lila. Um, yeah, because Jess is like, well, I thought he was in Hawaii. What's going on? But um, yeah, no, Lila reveals that George is home with Monique, uh, who apparently <gasps> is prancing around the house like she owns the place and Lila absolutely hates her and also reveals that apparently this new girlfriend is barely older than Lila which is pretty gross George I mean at least in the books when Lila or when George had Hmm. his dubious girlfriends they were age appropriate yes exactly yeah um so yeah Lila's all sad and uh, she's genuinely upset and Jessica says that she should have told her all this but Lila says she tried which she kind of did in her house mm. Jessica just kept going on about which of her outfits she was going to borrow yeah. So. <laughs> yeah but in, in fairness to Jessica she does apologize and says yes. you know that she's she's really sorry and she will properly listen to her um next time and you know she does her best to reassure Lila as well that like just because her dad has a new girlfriend doesn't mean he doesn't love her anymore and you know she urges her to to talk to him and that like he probably has no idea that this is how she's feeling about this whole thing and it is quite a lovely little scene like Jessica is being a very good friend here I feel like which yeah. is kind of unusual for her true but yes it is a it is charming it is so they hug and then uh, Elton John manager returns to say he's got to work things out between them because they're going to be spending lots of their spare time together the girls look nervous and rightly fucking so as we'll see by the end of this episode (laughs) I had no idea what was coming and still never would have guessed in a million years the way it worked out Um, but before we find out their fate we cut back to the Hossetel Wakefield where a sad Liz is watching TV when Enid calls at the door in her cool silver stripy top which is what she was wearing with her Mm. uh, sparkling white uh, big boy hat trademark hat (laughs) love it Liz Liz is not in the mood for for cosy chats no, not at all. She, I think she tries to close the door, but Enid, uh, Enid stops her and just tries to explain. She's like, look, this date with Todd wasn't a date at all. He's not over mm. you. Um, and Liz is like, what, he said that? But um, Enid's like, look, you're all he talked about. Um, and she does apologize and say, look, I was just flattered that maybe a guy like Todd might have been into me, even though he wasn't. And I made a total fool of myself. But Liz at first is still kind of like, you know, like, what the hell were you doing? Like, you know. We obviously used to go out like, like, what did you expect yes. to happen here that I'm supposed to feel sorry for you? Um, uh. But uh, she apologizes again and says, look, you know, I don't want to lose you as a friend. And they do make up, uh, even though Liz yeah. still looks really cross with her. I felt like the whole way through yeah. this scene, <laughs> so even though there's meant to be like a forgiveness going on here, like Liz is still looking very unhappy about the whole thing, I thought. But uh, but she does tell Enid, look, you were honest about it and you're being honest now. Um, and you know they make up even though yeah. Liz still looks like really cross what's yeah. it she's like well I hope you're being honest now and it's like I am I am yeah. so Liz says she thinks Enid will find love when she least expects it mm. Mm. then 
I'm di- like I'm dying to know what your notes say like for this because it's cut to like dot dot dot. How do we explain this? Because I don't know. <laughs> I had to rewind the, to the beginning of the scene after a bit because I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> we, <laughs> we got, I might now say, Kosh to deranged woman singing and greeting her new little helperinos. Oh my god, yeah, my my mind's has got to a David Lynch film. <laughs> very confused by all of this. Oh my god, it's so weird. It's filmed at a really odd actually it's a bit of razorhead angle. And it's this very strange, very camp woman in a pastel pink suit. And with a sign behind her that looks like it's just been printed out on an office printer saying Miss Kitty's Corner with a K for corner. Yes. <laughs> and then she's like, Would you like some snacks? I have some raisins. She's not even old. She's like about 35. And um I was I did not know what this place was meant to be. Truly, I, I was I had, was she actually meant to be mentally ill? So they were meant yes, to be her carers. This, yes, that's kind of what I thought as well. I was just like, that's the only explanation for this because what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, truly, I think people just have to go and watch this scene because I, I it's so hard to explain what we saw. Um, yeah, and it's just so strange. And like, it's also like Jess and Lila come in and these kind of is there like an old timey like blue maid outfit yes. when they walk into the room, and it's like a like a daycare kind of crash type of room with all like kids' toys around the place, and just this insane woman in a pink <laughs> skirt singing to herself. It's bizarre. <laughs> I, well, my notes say Miss Kitty has plans for act of uh, activities for children, though it all looks like a very camp boutique, which I, I genuinely do not think, because especially as the quality of the videos isn't great. Yes. I was like, is this some like weird, like vintage shop or something? <laughs> like, what is happening? But. Uh, yeah, Miss Kitty starts saying, there's snacky time, story time, sleepy time. And uh, Miss Kitty says that uh, she hopes they'll have a wonderful day. And then says, and I quote, Miss Kitty is late for her therapist. It is the strangest <laughs> fucking thing I have ever seen like and when she's running through her very unsettling uh, routine for the kids or it's unsettling in the way she describes it all basically uh, there's these weird decorations on the wall as well and one of them is a pig's arse (laughs) I was just going to say it's a a pig's arse on the wall and she kind of like and she kind of like has her hands on it when she's kind of going, Puppety time. And it's just like, <laughs> is she going to murder them? Like, <laughs> she looks fully capable of yes. murdering them. I, I mean, it's, I cannot, I don't think we can really stress enough how truly odd 
<laughs> this entire scene is like I, I literally had no idea what the fuck was going on it until was uh, such a, a hard left turn and <laughs> I was <laughs> baffled <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it, but I was oh. also baffled. Well, like, yes, fully enjoyed it, but like, I'm still very confused. <laughs> well, uh, Miss Kitty heads off to her much-needed therapy session, and <laughs> Jessica says, "Oh, I think Miss Kitty's been hitting the catnip," um, and uh, she can't believe they've been banned from the mall. Uh, but Lila says they've they've got off easy. They just have to read a few stories to some kids and eat a few graham crackers. How bad could it be? Oh, it's last words, Lila. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we cut to Jessica and Lila tied together back to back. Uh, And Jessica saying, how bad could it be? How bad could it be? (laughs) Yeah, they've been uh, tied up and ensconced in like a play tent while there's just a bunch of kids running wild uh, around the place. Uh, And there's even that amazing... Oh God, the um, there's this great detail as well where Lila has one of those like sticky kind of Nerf bullet things stuck to her forehead. It's fantastic. Yep. <laughs> it is. Uh, so yes, uh, unsurprisingly, Miss Kitty's corner is a chaotic mess. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Who could have foreseen such a thing? <laughs> I wonder will will we see its like again, or was it a one-off? Because um, yeah, I don't know. Is there a punishment that they have to like work there unpaid or something? I, I don't know. Yes. I mean, is it like some kind of weird community service or something? I don't know. Oh. It is truly <laughs> bizarre. And uh, I just have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's, it. that's it for Jessica and Lila for this episode. But we cut to what uh, we soon discover is the door of Enid's house, where Manny very charmingly is like breathing into his hand to check his breath. Oh. And uh, he's wearing a hat himself. <laughs> It is a lot of hats in this episode. It is the hat episode. It's great. Um, yeah, so he knocks on her door and like it's pretty late at night and Enid looks like she's wearing pyjamas. Um, she is! So she's like, Manny, what, like, what? what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, you know, I was just on my way home from school. And Enid points out that uh, he lives like the other side of town and also school ended six hours ago. Uh, and then he's like, um, yeah, I'm a slow walker. Um, so there's obviously something up with him. And Enid's like, what's yeah. going on? Like, what's the story here? So he hands uh. her this like box of, I don't know, are they sweets or biscuits? Um, I couldn't really tell what it was, but it's a present of some sort. Uh, and she's like, oh, the ones with the strawberry filling. Um, so she's kind of like, oh, this is really nice. Thank you. Um, yeah, so he gives her a big hug. Yes. And I thought she was going to look all sort of like, oh, I've soon, re- I've, mm-hmm. you know, realized I love Manny. Because they've they been, in fairness to the show, that they've been seeding this for quite some time. But uh, I thought that her face over his shoulder looks a bit uncertain oh it's an uh oh face for sure yes. it's like that emoji with the kind of grimace like the yes. kind of straight line kind of <laughs> type of face for sure and I was kind of surprised too because I mean they did a great dance routine together and you don't oh my you don't pull off a dance routine like that without at least a bit of chemistry with your dance partner but yeah she's looking very uh oh unsure about this yeah. hug and it's the freeze frame finish yes i mean what happened to you and bell bottoms are mine one of my favorite <laughs> scenes of the entire series <laughs> it's a classic <laughs> um so yeah that is the end of the episode and i have to say i was wary when i read the episode description that described 
and Enid uh, Todd situation. Mm. But I have to say, I did enjoy this episode. I was surprised how much I warmed to Todd once he kind of chilled the fuck out a bit and just started being nice to people Ooh. again. I was just like, oh, look, and and he does have a lovely smiley face, you know, and I was saying this off air, but like, he just needs to smile more. That's what his issue is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, so listeners, what did you think? Were you as uh, charmed by, uh, or surprisingly charmed? I mean, charmed is putting it a bit strong, which you know, we, we mean, uh, by Todd in this episode. Uh, <laughs> do you, like Enid, have a full selection of Baker Boy hats in your wardrobe? <laughs> were you as absolutely blindsided as we were by Miss Kitty's corner? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I don't think uh, I don't think I'll recover for that for some time. <laughs> You're gonna have nightmares. <laughs> I feel like I felt like I'd been smoking too much catnip when I watched. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know what you think, uh, uh, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters. You know how to find us. We are uh, on Twitter at SBH Podcast. <laughs> for now. Um, yeah. We are. Uh, you can email us at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram as well. And uh, we we heard from some of you after last week's episode. Um, there was, uh, uh, I, I'd like to Nerry Siren pointed out that, gotta love that there was an entire crowd of students who could have just run those goons out of town ex- instead of weakly shouting their disapproval at them. But, <laughs> well, it's the 90s, they didn't have YouTube, so this is probably the biggest excitement these kids are going to get until the next kidnapping plot or doppelganger invasion. <laughs> True. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Giddy Ant wondered, was there a plot in Winter Carnival about Jessica, li- li- Jess nicking Liz's answers to get onto some quiz thing? It was one of the many parts of the book that didn't involve a Winter Carnival. <laughs> so, yeah, most of the book. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that does sound familiar. Um but yeah, I think a few people pointed out that uh, it kind of followed Jessica the Genius, which I think we had mentioned uh, as Ooh. a potential uh, place where that plot line was coming from. But apparently in that one, it's not a case of a mix up at all. Jessica actually did just do really well on the test. Uh, well, uh, Pi Beta Alpha sisters, um, we very much appreciate you tuning in and uh, supporting us by your membership of Headstuff Plus. You are, of course the wind beneath our wings and we will be back with you in uh, our special clubhouse in two weeks time where i don't know if we're going to get some more uh enid manny action but uh we do get a fair to remember Ooh, such a good title i'm so glad that they've been coming up with some good ones yeah i mean i'm just looking at the uh at the at the at the title list of the rest of the se- of the season, and it definitely is all puns. Basically, mm. we've got like water for hot dogs instead of like water for chocolate. We've got uh, it's my party, and I'll dish it if I want to. <laughs> so uh, we've uh, oh, we've got the war of the pom poms. Now that is based on the pom pom wars. We've also got you call this a wonderful life, which nice. is a Christmas episode. Hell yeah. Um, I can't believe it. We've got an episode with Sam Woodruff called Sam Enchanted Evening. Wow. Okay. That is fantastic pun work. I love it. 
Oh my god! And after that, we've got. I'm just wetting your appetite, listeners. Uh, we've got win Sam, lose Sam, <laughs> and Sam kind of wonderful. I love it. Oh my god! Well, they obviously were just like, "Oh, this was such a good idea, you guys. Let's just keep doing it. Absolutely tear the arse out of it." <laughs> More Sam puns, more Sam puns. Oh, well, I don't know if we'll have any Sam puns in the next episode on the main feed, but uh, it it is. Um, uh, it's I've started reading it, and just going to say, don't buy the premise at all. Which oh. is that Jessica is going to get people to pay her money to deal with their backlog of written correspondence because. <laughs> Apparently in the early 90s, uh, all teenagers had like the great burden of having loads of letters to write, which I'm just mm. going to say, was not a thing. No, I mean, you know, collecting fancy paper was one thing, but you didn't use it. It was fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and even when you did write letters, which we did, like especially when you're in yeah. the Gwelt or anything like that or, mm. um, or in college, uh, you... It wasn't like you were so laden down with all the letters you had to write out of duty that you would pay somebody to write them. But uh, yeah, apparently Jessica thinks that's a going business concern. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. I haven't finished the book yet. So <laughs> maybe it'll surprise us. Who knows? But uh, yes, we will see you in the clubhouse for, um, for a fair to remember. And we will see you in the main feed next week to find out what happens when Jessica offers love letters for sale. Ooh. See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.